Take his mask and shut I ain't wearing it no more Y'all look at me like I'm from Mars When I don't wear it in the store Don't even try to make me put it on Or I'm walking out the door Take his mask and shut been shopping in this place for almost 15 years and i've seen all kinds of viruses but i've never lived in fear now i know that corona's real and it probably ain't a lot to ask but i ain't a bank robber and i ain't the lone ranger and i don't want to wear this mask take this mask and shove it Seems a real bad dude and they say there ain't no cure Hydroxychloroquine or a new vaccine I just can't be sure Think I'll drink a little shine every morning when I start my day Might not kill the virus But it'll give me the courage to say Take this mask and shove it Corona needs to be gone My woman stays home Spends all my money On Amazon I just wanna hug everybody Like I did before So take this plague and shove We ain't taking it no more And take this mask and shove No, honey, I got it right here. I told you I was going to put it on. It's right here. I'm wearing it. I ain't going without it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. My name is Kurt Wilson. I'm the Armchair Survivalist. Welcome to the show. If you go to, oh, by the way, I got to give you the date. It is October the 24th in the year 2021. When I started my show, I don't know, 25 something years ago, for the first few years, I get people complaining to me, not knowing in what order were my shows. So uh, me being a rocket scientist, I figured out, you know, what the hell? I'll just tell everybody the date. So I did. Anyway, you go to armchairsurvivalist.com. You can scroll down and pick any page there. There's not that too many, not not too many of them there. And scroll down, it'll tell you ways to listen. I'm on every podcast venue there is, uh, pretty much everything from Stitcher to Anchor to uh, Podbean to iHeartRadio to Pandora, Google, Apple, blah, 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 you name it. I'm on all of those. So if you got one of them smartphones, you can pick pick one of these podcasts and you'll find me on there. You can listen on your satellite system. Now, I don't know much about satellite systems, but Global Star 3 is the uh, network that I'm on. And if you understand what I'm going to tell you, just write this down. Galaxy 19, Transponder 5, KU Band, Frequency 11, 836, Symbol Rate 
20.765. If you know what the hell that means, you can pick me up. I have a 24-7 live feed for Global Star 3 satellite right there. It says 24-7 live feed. Click on one of those two listeners. You can do it. You can listen in my chat room. Uh, you don't have to log in, but you can if you want. You can listen in the chat room. Uh, and there's even a link up there on every page, and it says uh, listen 24 hours a day to the recent show of the Armchair Survivalist. You click there, and that'll be the recent show. And the recent show is always the last show. So last Sunday's show is still playing until about 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time Sunday morning. And then, boom, the new one fires up and it, it shoots. So, uh, or you can go to the... Uh, on the left-hand side of my page, any of these pages, you'll see a little black and white nipper dog listening to the RCA Victor gramophone. You just click on that, and that'll take you to my past shows. It'll show you all the shows of the current year. And you can listen to them there. You can download them, whatever you want to do. Save them for later. So there's all these different ways that you can listen to me. There's no excuse not to listen to me. Unless you've got, like, something important to do, like mow your yard or something. And that's, you know, what the hell. You can listen on your phone. It's it's uh, not toll-free. So it's it's on your dime, not mine. It's area code 641-741-0371. That's 641 area code 741-0371. And if that number is not working, uh, oh well. Now, usually they'll tell you whatever number to transfer you to. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's a freebie and I don't pay for it. So I got to, you know, you get what you pay for, so to speak. All right, let's get some business out of the way for my company, uh, Survival Enterprises. We still have our CBD products on sale, 20% off. You go to cbdsupply.us and you can uh, read all about it there. You can see them there. You can call us, 310-295-9686. Place your order. CBD, I'll never put CBD on sale again. I did this just because my son said I should, because everybody needs to have this stuff now. Sale is on until midnight, October 31st, so get your orders in, again, cbdsupply.us. Uh, we have uh, VPN service available, virtual private network, and I'll have more to say about that in the economy section. There's a lot of true uh, data going around. They would call it fake news, except it isn't, about VPNs. A lot of VPNs are created solely so that they can capture your data. And they're sold. You know, everybody on the internet wants to build up their company and then get millions of dollars for it from some uh, Jewish investor. And that's what's happening. The Israelis are buying up all these VPNs and using them as an intelligence gathering service, except the one that I have offered on my website. Armchairsurvivalist.com. It's on a banner on a right-hand side. Our Mountain House food is still in. We have buckets of Mountain House food, $110 a bucket. Shipping is anywhere from $15 to $25 a bucket. Get it while you can because this is it. I won't be able to get any more until they claim February, which means nothing because the source for uh, these dried foods is disappearing. One company, Augustin Farms, has already had to shut their doors because they can't get the uh, ingredients in. I still have some ham radios left. They are few and far between, as is everything else. And if you think this is a joke or if I'm just kidding you and fear-mongering and all this crap, sorry, even the mainstream media is picking this stuff up. Like, wow, you can't get underwear now. What, what are you doing? I can't get shoes. Here's something to blow your mind. I want a shell for my truck. Well, I, I usually buy used ones. I couldn't find any used ones on Craigslist or anywhere else. So I called up two of the main uh, truck toppers companies in uh, in the Northwest, one in Spokane, one in Coeur d'Alene, and they both tell me that $2,000 topper is now $3,500, and it's a two- to three-month wait because of the supply chain 
problem. All right, we're going right now into the economy. We all know about all the air flights that have been canceled. Southwest is famous amongst them. They canceled thousands and thousands of flights, and they're still canceling flights, and they're still slowing down flights. Well, and they're claiming that it's because of the weather or or somebody's mood or, you know, some other crap. Well, let me tell you something. There's all of these mandates out there, which are illegal, but they're being used anyway to control the population. Mandates that you have to get the uh, injection, uh, the uh, genetic manipulation. So the flight controllers are walking out. They're saying no. That, that shut down all of Florida. They didn't tell you that, did they? 2,000 flights were shut down because employees walked off. This is just for Southwest. The pilots union came out and they're blaming the uh, Southwest for all of these cancellations. And they're saying, the truth is this, we're not going to get the shots. So uh, we're just walking off. In fact, there's videos of hundreds of Southwest workers on streets all throughout the United States. Boeing. Now, this is where you shoot yourself in the foot. Boeing issued a vaccine mandate for all of their U.S. employees. That's 125,000 employees. Guess how many are walking off? Amtrak crews are walking off. Now, this is they're able to keep this con- uh, controlled via the fact that the elites control the media. So you don't know. You don't know that they're walking off in Spokane. You don't know they're walking off in San Diego. You don't know unless you live near them. And the, and KPIX, Channel 5, picks it up or something like that. But they control the communication system in the United States and the world, so they're keeping it as quiet as possible so you have no idea what's really happening. Well, it's going to get worse because the communist unions have decided that, well, while they're down, let's kick them in the face. We're going to have striketober. And over 100,000 union members are threatening to strike every union. Again, unions are communists. They're communism. They're pure communism. And if you, uh, you know, I really don't give a rat's patootie if you're, you're part of a union and you, you tout how great it is or anything like that. You want to be a communist? You be a communist. And that's fine. I'd prefer you do it in another country like Soviet Russia or China, where you're expected to act like that. But this is what's going to be happening all through October. They're calling it Striketober. Now, everything I say to you, everything, I have source. So at armchairsurvivals.com, on the left-hand side of the page, you'll find the links. One of them is show notes. You go there. You pick out a date of one of the shows. And I have a little title of whatever that show is. You click on that, and it'll take you to the page that has all of these links. So you can read all of this stuff if you uh, if you want to. Millions of Americans are getting fired for not taking the injection. This is fine. These are the people that I want on my side. You're not hearing about it. What you're hearing is that, oh, 4.3 million people quit their job last month. Yeah, they quit it because they refused to be part of the, uh, the uh, well, I don't know how to put this, uh, the die-off, because that's what's going to happen. There's a lot of problems happening right now in, in uh, and I, I had to put this here in the economy, because even though it's part of food, it's actually more part of the economy. Tractor companies are not getting parts to manufacture replacement equipment. So if you have a tractor and you don't know how to work on it, and you don't have parts, you're screwed. Case IH, New Holland, is forced to idle production in the European Union because they have no semiconductors. This is a big thing. This, This is, I have a friend who's a farmer, and he's saying that he's, he last year, 
or two years ago, got a loan to buy one of these new green harvesters. And it ain't cheap. But he can't work on it because it's all computerized. It went down. It has a warranty. But they tell him it's going to be about two to six months before they can get somebody out there to replace the, the board that went down. All right, so to add insult to injury, we have a communist governor in California, which is coincidentally a communist state, and he has decided to sign a whole bunch of new laws. This is this is what commies do. Nothing works perfect, so they want to make it bit perfect. You know, nothing works really good. They're going to make it better. <laughs> Other than the fact that he's requiring gender-neutral toy sections in all department stores, he's banning gas-powered landscaping equipment. Now, what is that? Well, gas-powered landscaping equipment? That's lawnmowers, weed eaters, and also off-road vehicles and golf carts and there's there's way more than that to it but you know i'm getting tired of saying the same crap over and over again you people that live in these communist countries why do you choose to live there walgreens is closing all of its san francisco stores why because of shoplifting they passed a law in california they're not going to police aren't going to respond unless this the uh theft is over what eleven hundred dollars so you have these subhumanoid creatures going into all the stores and just grabbing crap because you're not allowed to do anything. So Walgreens is going. Now, I was in, this was 10 years ago. I was in a Walmart in uh, Mexico City, maybe a little over 10 years ago. And on the shelves was only one of everything. Only one of everything. It's not like here in, uh, it's not like in Coeur d'Alene or Hayden, Idaho or something, you know, where where you go in and there's like 10 bottles of something there and, you know, or four four t-shirts or five t-shirts something like that no just one and on top of that the floor was packed with with stuff what people would pick something up look at it and drop it on the floor instead of hanging it back up or putting it back on the shelf and i went to the manager who was a uh, american and i said what the hell's going on he goes oh well we, we only put one of everything up there because these people are freaking pigs they'll either steal it or they'll drop it on the floor and kick it around so we only put one of them up and in fact most of the people are used to rooting around on a floor finding what they want and going and buying it well if you think that's bad go to san diego same exact things happening there or was then. Now, they're afraid. In fact, Walmart's closing the doors at 6, uh, 6 p.m. at night. Some of the Walmarts are because th- they can't have enough security. Now, you you know about all of this uh, supply chain problems and, and uh, how in California at, at, at Long Beach and, and San Diego harbors and, and Los Angeles harbors and, and all through the, the uh, communist coast, Oregon, Washington, California, they're having trouble offloading stuff. Well, here's one of the problems, and this is the major problem, and you're not hearing about it. California placed restrictions on truck engines. Now, I don't know, any of you who lived in California and would drive up through the snow up to Lake Tahoe or something, you'd notice that about 10 feet in on the highways, you will see on the sides of the highways, you will see black snow. This is the soot that comes out of diesel trucks so they're they've met it's an order now you have to have a catalytic converter version on your every single truck that stops the soot from coming out they just call them soot filters well that's only ten to twenty thousand dollars a truck you know how many independent truckers went out of business because of that and that's just one of them here's the here's the other thing this is the big thing now my uncle had a uh, a truck business out of eureka california he had about 30 trucks he buys used trucks, or used to, till he sold the business. He'd go out and buy a used truck, and you get them cheaper that way. You know, instead of paying seventy-five thousand dollars, you pay like twenty thousand, thirty thousand. California passed a law saying you cannot use any truck. You cannot do any commercial business 
within the state of California if your truck is older than 2011. You can't deliver into California. You can't haul out of California. And on top of that, California wants to retire all diesel trucks by 2035. All of them, meaning no more trucking in the state of state of California. This is what happens when you have communists in charge. Now you have these 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 mandates, uh, whatever else you want to call them. That's basically what they are. These you're being ordered that you have to have an injection that's going to either end or shorten your life, and they want you to do this voluntarily. See, this is where the insanity comes in. So people are resigning their businesses, their their, their positions worldwide. You're not hearing this happening except in some alternative news, all you're hearing is, well, we can't get anybody to go to work here. We don't understand. Well, we got so many people looking for work, but, but they're, not, they're not getting themselves hired. We don't understand. We don't understand. And the more you hear, we don't understand, the more you realize these people are all communists. Communism is a, is a mental attitude where you're smarter than the next guy. So everything you say is what should be done by all of the peons out there. You should be in control of everyone. This is what communists think, that they should be in control. There's two parts to communism. One is, I'm a peon, I'd rather not think, so you please tell me what to do, just just feed me. All right? This is the victim mode. The other one is, I know best. I know better than you do. I know what needs to be done, so I'm the one that needs to do it. Okay. Now, by the way, California, they did a survey in the Bay Area. Over 50% of the people that live in the Bay Area are planning to leave it. Now, I'm sorry. I was hoping that the, uh, they, they'd elect something other than a communist as a governor because these bastards leave the Bay Area. And the communists that have already moved up here into northern Idaho are in charge of advertising. So they advertise down there saying, come up here. It's freer. The air is cleaner. There's not so many taxes, blah, blah, blah. So now we got all these commies coming up into the North Idaho area, and they, uh, you know, the sad thing is that they'll come into my store, and I have this is the exact conversation I've had. Yes, I'm trying to get out of California. I'm, I'm buying a house up here, and he's t- telling me he's spending five hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the house that last year was two hundred thousand dollars. Yes, yes, I'm buying a house up here, and I'm moving my two children up here and my wife, and uh, I'm very conservative. I'm staunchly conservative. But don't you think we should have some sane gun control up here? I mean, this really, this is what I, this is what we're getting up here. And these guys, we're getting entitled people who think that they own the world. They'll come in and they'll park in my business here and block the whole driveway. They'll just stop right there, leaving their jacked up diesel truck, which they bought as soon as they got up here, parked there running. So the whole area is stinking up. And then they come inside and say, well, I've never been here before. I just want to look around. And they get all upset when I say, do us a favor. Just pull off to the front here turn your engine off. Oh, and they go back in their truck and leave, which is good. I don't want them here. All right, now we're going to talk about PureVPN. PureVPN is the VPN service that I offer for sale. PureVPN is ran by a bunch of international guys. I mean, we got Russians, we got uh, Moroccans, we got, we got Italians. They were centered in Hong Kong. Now, this place, these, these guys, PureVPN, Virtual Private Network, they're deadly serious about security. I've covered VPN services that were busted by uh, some state government, and all of their information was handed over. What most of you don't know is, and I'll have a link to it, I already, I already talked about it a little bit, is that uh, a lot of VPNs are nothing more than intelligence gathering systems. These people are real. They were stationed in Hong Kong, 
communist Chinese took over Hong Kong again. The British said, we've had enough of this crap, and they handed Hong Kong to the communist Chinese. So the communist Chinese have no qualms whatsoever against walking into a business saying, give us all of your login equipment. Give us all of your your data. Tell us who is using your service. Well, as soon as PureVPN got the idea that could happen there, they moved. PureVPN now exists in the British Virgin Islands. The uh, British Virgin Islands are... 100% secure. They do not allow other countries to request any data or information from anybody who exists in their locales. All right. So I just wanted to let everybody know that. And I will be putting up a, uh, as soon as I get the time, (laughs) I'll be putting up a whole page that explains all, all about pure VPN. If you guys are smart, go to the website. I got the link there. Go to the website and you'll find out exactly what kind of security and safety they can offer you and your online experience. And now we go into the health department. It is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. Apparently, to be a good citizen of any country in the world now, you, you've got to have at least one Pfizer drug shoved into your body at any given time. It, it's the oddest thing that people are so stupid that they will look at an ad on TV and it'll say, yes, uh, you're dying of breast cancer. Well, here's a drug that if you take can extend your life three to six months. It's only $1,000 a pill. Of course, there are side effects, uh, everything from uh, losing your eyesight to going deaf uh, to uh, intestinal explosions, uh, bloating, diarrhea, and, uh, well, dying. And then people will go to the doctor and say, you know, I, I have breast cancer, but I want to live another three months. So let me let me take that drug. Yeah, I see this every day in, in, in uh, Coeur d'Alene and in Hayden and in my store. Had a really, a beautiful woman come into my store. And she was shaking like she had palsy. She was 30 years old, and she asked me if she had, if I had anything that could help with her shakes. Now, the first question I always ask anyone is, why? Why do you have that? And I said, what, what's causing the shake? She goes, oh, it's a drug that I'm taking. You're, you're taking a drug that causes you to shake? Stop taking the drug. No, it's, it's for to keep my mental equilibrium. This is what the doctor told me. I need I'm, my equilibrium is out, so I have to take this drug so that I can function during the day. I said, "So you're doing this your choice. You're, you, you've chosen to take this drug, and, and the drug is causing the shaking." And she goes, "Yeah, well, I, I um, even if I stop, I still have the shaking." I go, "What?" She goes, "Oh yeah, once it starts, it never stops for the rest of my life." I'm baffled. My instinct is to say, "You are stupid as hell." But I'm not going to do that, right? Because this person knows they're stupid. And what's worse, they might not know they're stupid. They might actually believe all this crap. And I told her, I said, honey, there's nothing. Nobody's going to help you. Nothing can help you because you have chosen to do this to yourself. And I'm just, I'm in awe 
of the level of stupidity that people have succumbed to when it comes to drugs. And I don't mean, uh, you know, getting stoned or something. I mean, oh, I need this to help me. What the hell is wrong with people that they don't even research anymore? Guy comes in here and he goes, yeah, I just, do you have anything to counteract the, the shot? And I go, what, what, do you, what do you mean counteract? He goes, well, I just, I just had, to, I just got the shot. Why did you get the shot? Well, because they told me they'd fired me if I didn't take the shot. I said, do you think that your job is the only job on a whole planet? Go get some another job somewhere. Don't take the shot. He said, well, it's already too late. You know, when you choose to put a gun to your head and pull the trigger, there's not really much people can do to help you. And that's the problem. The choice, choice that people are making is blowing me away. And now here comes the next choice that people are going to be making. And unfortunately, it's going to be idiot parents. The boosters are available. I watched the TV this morning and, and they said, yes, and we're telling you who qualifies. Like, you're going to be special to go get a booster. You, you got to be special to get this booster now. Do you know what it is? It's, it's the same damn shot. There's nothing different. It's not stronger or weaker or different. It's the same damn shot. So you're getting a th- three shots of the genetic manipulation. Let me tell you what happens to those of you who have the shot and what you have to look forward to. Yeah, never mind you have to look forward to maybe dying. Never mind that. You will lose 5% of your natural antibodies per month after you've had the shot. This is research that's been done. You will lose 5% of your natural antibodies. What does that mean? That means you're going to get a hell of a lot more colds and flus and sicknesses until you get to the point where somebody sneezes within 50 feet of you and you're going to die from pneumonia. Colin Powell just died. He had a type of blood cancer. So being the intelligent person he was, he said, well, why don't you double shoot me with a COVID-19 injection? And they did, and a month later he dies. Of course, that had nothing to do with the injection, did it? Now there's, with research, they're finding out that people are developing AIDS from taking these shots. Now AIDS, uh, what, what a lot of people don't know what AIDS are or is, uh, is basically it's an autoimmune deficiency disease autoimmune disease where you can get sick from anything and they're testing in the united states and they're testing it in the uk and they're discovering that the more people get the shot the more parts more shots and boosters more the more you add into your body in this programming genetic programming going on the worse your immune system is all of these tests that start showing the the adverse effects of people who are taking the shots are being pulled and and they disappear they're only up for a short time. National Institute of Health pulled a report proving that all of these COVID vaccines are killing kids via myocarditis. And this basically is a heart problem. It's, it's, it's uh, clotting in the heart. I think from the age of about 8 to 18, if you get a shot, then you're going to have blood problems the rest of your life. This is killing children. And this is what I mean when you have these stupid people. And yes, the majority of them are Democrats. So yeah, they're killing their own children. And these mothers and fathers are going to be taking their five-year-old children to have a shot. This is a peer-reviewed study that proves the vaccine is killing people. And they're specifically talking about children. This was posted on the National Institute of Health and they pulled it off. Well, I have a copy of it. I have a copy of the complete report, which is not short. I will post this, and this is going to be posted along with the rest of my links, but this is what is blowing my mind with these people are choosing to to kill themselves and to kill their children. Maybe not kill them immediately, but it's going to affect their quality of life and their length of life. It's it's just, I don't know. You, You know, 
anybody who says things like I'm telling you and I'm showing you and I have the proof, uh, anybody who does that is a anti-vaxxer. Let's see, COVID infection, people are getting COVID after they've been double shot, fully, fully vaccinated uh, between the years of 40 and 49, the age of 40 and 49, it's double anyone else. Now there's data that shows now you know there's a lot of drugs out there that say do not if you're taking if you're taking a serotonin blocker don't take this drug if you're taking blankety blank don't take this drug there are 269 drugs that are uh can compromise you if you get the shot if you get any of these injections 269 drugs and i have a list of all of them chicago you know, a lot of police there are saying the hell with you. In fact, a lot of police all over the United States are saying the hell with you. We're not taking a shot. Dude, I'm, st- I'm astounded how many people are walking off their jobs. Today in uh, Washington, state of Washington, 350 workers at prisons walked off. What the hell? <laughs> who's going who's gonna to run the prisons? They, they don't care. The communists don't care. The whole, ju- the whole job of these communists... You want to call them Democrats? Be my guest. But these communists is to destroy the whole economy of the United States. They have to destroy capitalism. And to do that, we all have to be put into fear. What, what are you going to think if there's nobody to run a prison and the prison's two blocks from your house? Chicago, they're threatening that the, any police officer that refuses to get the uh, shot and instead retires, might they might deny retirement benefits to them. Do you know how many hundreds of thousands in our military are refusing the shot? The Russians think this is great. So do the Chinese. They, the, the military that have taken the shot to a person, they've all had adverse effects. And of course, the military is not under obligation to tell us how many of the people have died from taking the shot. They're not going to, they're not going to tell us that. The Navy itself, they've decided there's no exception. If you don't take the shot, we're kicking you out of the Navy. In fact, they're threatening the SEALs. Yeah, this is going to work real good. They're threatening the SEALs that if you don't take the shot, and hundreds and hundreds of SEALs have said, screw you, we're not taking the shot. Uh, the, the Navy is threatening to force them to pay back their training. Training ain't cheap. Seattle's losing over 40% of their officers in the police department there. The FDA, the CDC, and all the other pinhead in the medical community, they're refusing to acknowledge the fact that 90%, 80 to 90% of all admissions, and the same thing here, same thing here in Coeur d'Alene at Kootenai, 80 to 90% of the admissions are people who are already vaccinated. They come in there sick because they have no immune system. What do you expect? And then on top of that, the World Health Organization is, has said, you know, to save mankind, we need to really get into genetic manipulation now and gene therapy. Yeah. I played an article for you, uh, a black guy saying, you know, you know why the blacks aren't taking this shot? It's because we already been fooled by the government many times. So we're not wasting our time anymore. So the National Institute of Health has come out with a grant, I don't know, a couple million dollars here and there, uh, for different companies to, and, it's, and let me quote, to foster COVID-19 vaccine uptake among children in black and Latino communities. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get some guys going to come in there, and it's usually going to be a black preacher is going to come in and say, y'all need to take your shot. There you go. Uh, not too far from here, whole family goes into Walgreens to get sh- to get the flu shot. Man, woman, couple children. They accidentally gave them the COVID-19 vaccine. Accidentally. That's not a uh, secluded episode either. It's happening thousands of times all over the United States. This is being done on purpose. This is being done. Dan Bongino. 
Cumulus Radio Network ordered him to get the shot. He said, all employees of our Cumulus Radio Network are going to get the shot. And he said, you know what? You can have one of two things. You can have the shot or you can have me. Uh, if I'm not going to get the shot, and, and if, you don't, if, if you're going to kick me off the air, Dan Bongino is now the, the largest talk show host in the world. I don't mean he's fat. I mean, he's got more listeners than anyone else out there. Now that Rush Limbaugh's gone, Dan has picked it up. There's a famous country western star that kind of put his money where his mouth is, and he has canceled many uh, venues that uh, of shows that he was going to do in different places in the United States because that the Coliseum or wherever, the auditorium, has ordered everybody that to, that's going to come in there to wear a mask or to get the shot or or what have you, and this is what he had to say about that. Breaking news in the country cast. Country superstar Travis Tritt has announced that he will no longer perform at any concert venues that require proof of a COVID vaccination, have mask mandates, or require testing. Travis Tritt broke the news through a statement sent out by his publicist. Tritt's statement regarding this decision reads as follows. I'm putting my money where my mouth is and announcing that any venue or promoter mandating masks, requiring vaccinations, or pushing COVID testing protocols on my fans will not be tolerated. Any show I have booked that discriminates against concert goers by requiring proof of vaccination, a COVID test, or a mask is being canceled immediately. I just wish that the other entertainers that thought the same as him had the balls to do the same, but unfortunately they don't. Knowing full well that pharmaceutical companies now control the United States government, in fact the whole world, the drug companies are going crazy with prices. In in 2008, there was an arthritis drug called Indocin. That was $198 all right, for, for 30 anti-inflammatory rectal suppositories. These were, uh, they were to treat arthritis, right? And they have a unique way of uh, applying them, apparently. Well, as of October 1st, that $198 price tag is now $10,350. And again, knowing full well that our government's not going to do anything about it, these companies are raising their prices astoundingly high on all kinds of different drugs. And here's here's the worst thing. These drug companies are buying up alternative health companies. Toms of Maine. You know that Toms of Maine? When I was younger, that's the only toothpaste I used to use. Toms of Maine. It was all organic. It was nice. It was good. I'm in Natural Grocers last year, and I'm looking around at toothpaste. And we, I go in there now and then to see what kind of products they're carrying. And I see Toms of Maine. And then I see this Toms of Maine with fluoride. What? Fluoride? What the hell is fluoride doing in Toms of Maine? And I... Picked it up, turned around, and says manufactured by Wythe, by Wythe, Wythe, W-Y-T-H, Pharmaceuticals. So they're doing this to all kinds of different products. All right, now we got to get into the food category. i got a website here that lists all of the food recalls. And they're happening, unfortunately, too fast in the United States. The problem we have in the United States, and, and I've said this before, most of the people that handle our food... Our vegetables, our fruits, our processed meats are third world uh, inhabitants. And the concept of hygiene is not as strict there like Mexico or Malaysia or Iraq, Iran, Muslim countries. Hygiene is not as strict there as it is in the United States. So people are getting sick and dying. Onions linked to salmonella outbreak 
37 states so far. California company recalls 10 tons of tamales. You can go to this website and figure it out yourself. It's foodsafetynews.com. Clam chowder being recalled from Costco stores because of plastic in the clam chowder. Raw milk in Washington because of E. coli contaminations. Pork pellets and snacks. Uh, Ground turkey. Half a million pounds of canned beef are being recalled because of lead. Baby cereal sold at Walmart. Excessive arsenic levels. Let's see. Frozen barbecue pork recalled from school lunches. Seafood sold in Colorado is behind a 14-state salmonella outbreak. And I can go on. There's more and more and more of these. You need to go to this place and you can look at them on a daily basis because that's how often it happens. Literally. That's how often these recalls happen. I... I get briefings from the FDA, uh, from the DHS, from you name it, uh, every day. All day long, I'm getting different briefings, and I'm getting different recalls of different foods and, and things that are happening all over the United States. Shelves in New York City. Now, this this was kind of funny, and then it wasn't. Uh, store shelves. People are sending pictures of, of uh, sh- shelves empty, right, in stores all over the United States. In New York City, I'm getting all these these pictures and videos of half-empty shelves. Well, it turns out it's not because of the supply chain. It's because New York City is worse than California with shoplifting. They allow it. The police, not only will they not respond, they can't respond because two-thirds of them aren't even on the duty right now. Cost of food in the world is raising at the fastest pace in 40 years. You people out there listening to me that just kind of poo-poo this, you're going to be in for a world of deep hurt. You'd better get off your butt and stock up some food. And if you don't know how to do it, well, it's too late. You can figure it out yourself or you're going to be you're going to be SOL, but it is going up fast. Every Wednesday I get the food ads and I'm looking at these food ads and I, I collect them for a couple years and I'm looking at this and, and uh, see those grapes are on sale for $1.29 a pound. Two months ago, they were on sale for 99 cents a pound. Now they're $1.29. That's just an example. All right. That's like a 25% increase in cost. You can see it all through the ads. I'm looking at everything going up. Everything. And those of you in Oregon who think, you know what, I can just hunt and fish. You're ruled by communists there. And, and uh, now these communists are pushing what's called Initiative 13. Initiative 13 ends all hunting and fishing in the state of Oregon. You, you might want to take a look at that. You live in a communist state, and then you bitch about living in a communist state. But you still give these communists your taxes. That's called feeding the dragon. And you're just as guilty as they are. Now, we've been hearing a lot about lab-grown meat and how it's better for the environment and more cost-effective and all that. And that's that's crap, and that's a fraud, and that's a lie. And I have an article that explains the whole thing on it. But i got to tell you something. I woke up... I get up at like sometimes four in the morning so I can watch TV and I can see news articles that are only going to be on there once. Because as soon as they edit it, it's like, no, we don't want the general population to find out about this. PBS has these shows on there sometimes. And I thought this one was interesting because they started off saying, yes, well, there was a development that we found a, uh, a skull in this cave in some place and it was larger than a normal skulls and it could explain the dietary supplements that people were eating and uh, adding to their normal diets and making their brains larger and then they start showing monkeys sticking twigs into termite mounds and pulling out termites and eating them and they said well yes you know the brain is fat it's fatty tissue so they need fat for it to grow. So apparently what these early people were doing were they discovered grubs and were eating grubs and termites because termites are 
are, are plump and fatty and all of that. So what they were saying was was uh, our, our direct ancestors became smart because they were eating bugs. Now, I'm not exaggerating this whatsoever. And then they go from there to a cricket farm in Indonesia and how they're talking about how right now the crickets are being grown and then ground up into powder and mixed with dog and cat food. Uh, but that's that's just for now because it's going to be going into hamburger. We can make hamburger with this. We can make chicken with this. We can make fish with this. We can make all kinds of stuff. So they're showing these people growing grubs and crickets. And they're saying that's the new protein source for humankind. And this is all that we have to do to save mankind. And I can tell you right now that this is just like sexual perversion, whereas they take a little bit and they acclimate people to it. And finally, people are totally 100% accepting all forms of sexual perversions. Well, the same thing with eating bugs and that kind of crap. And they're going to do this on purpose. They're doing this on purpose because they're going to be causing us to not be able to get the food we want. You, you can see this right now. Prices going up, not, pr- not just prices going up on all kinds of food, but availability for all kinds of food. And if you go back a year, and if you go and listen to any of my shows, you're going to hear me saying they're stopping people, farmers. They're stopping the farmers from harvesting their food. Why? Why are they doing this? Well, this is why. Because they need to change us into eating different foods that they can 100% control. And the uh, Ice Age farmer has something to say about this. The energy crisis, which is growing and accelerating and shows no signs of abating, with reserves already at low levels entering into the cold season, is risking becoming a food crisis as well. And we named some examples. The UK, unable to slaughter animals without CO2, not producing fertilizer. The Dutch greenhouses going empty because they couldn't afford the gas to heat them. And of course, China's harvest failing. Today, there's an article from Market Watch that indicates these things are still going on and that they're worsening. In fact, it highlights some stuff that's going on in Italy. Before I even get to this, I just want to remind everyone that this is all happening against the backdrop of such ridiculously disturbed supply chains that even major food producers like Augustin Farms has had to shut down their own website, unable to procure the ingredients they need to, to produce the store food. For some reason, you can still buy this on Amazon, although I wouldn't recommend doing your prepping on Amazon. I wouldn't recommend buying anything there. This is not just a canary in the coal mine. It's more like Big Bird with stage four cancer. It's a really bad sign when sword food companies are unable to produce emergency foods. And at the same time, in Germany, we just saw the first state, you know, we've been predicting no vax, no food for a long time now, where they would enforce these mandates by literally locking people out of the out of the uh, grocery stores. This has now gone into effect in Hesse. Germany is the first state that I'm aware of that has actually enforced this. So it does look like they are continuing to position food as that ultimate leverage, as we've expected, as that ultimate leverage to force people to acquiesce to the agenda, be that the mandates or you know anything. Food is, is their, their point of leverage. And also interesting is that the mainstream media is finally acknowledging that the shelves have run empty in some parts of the country, but they're not doing it with any sense of urgency or there's a problem here to fix. Instead, they're saying, get used to it. Lower your expectations. This is just a really clear indicator that this is the plan, right? That, this, that destroying the standard of living and boot stomping on the face of humanity for the rest of time, get used to it. They're not even, they're not even saying that this is going to be solved. Harkens back 
fact, the Transportation Authority in the U.S. saying that these shortages in the supply chain will continue until everyone is vaccinated, which, like, how does this even relate, right? It's, it's completely ridiculous. Uh, Humanity is being held hostage. It's a siege warfare writ large. But again, I wanted to focus today on how this energy crisis is already spilling over into food production and is going to have immediate effects, but even more drastic ones next year, as, for example, the lack of fertilizer means that we just don't have yields anymore. And here from Market Watch, we read that power shortages are turning off streetlights and shutting down factories in China. In Brazil, the poor are choosing between food or electricity. German corn and wheat farmers aren't finding fertilizer. And there's even possibilities that Europe will have to ration electricity this winter. All of these are the symptoms of the energy crisis we're facing. And then, quote, it's hitting the Italian food chain hard, with methane prices expected to increase sixfold, pushing up the cost of drying grains. So again, that could eventually, in fact, that will eventually, we'll correct that, raise the price of bread and pasta at supermarkets. But meat and dairy are even more vulnerable to, as beef and dairy farmers are forced to pay more for the grains to feed their animals and then pass on that cost to customers. They also have to pay more for the fuels to heat their barns where the animals are kept. Indeed, this is really hitting farming and ranching hard and it's part of that war on traditional ranching. According to the head of the grain sector there in Italy, quote from October, on, we're starting to suffer a lot. And that says it well. Quote, high energy prices were already hitting the region's farmers who need diesel to operate machinery and heat to keep animals warm. In Italy, the cost of energy to process wheat and corn is going to go up 600% for the three months ending December 31st, according to the Grain Association. That's a huge, obviously, right? This is a huge six-fold increase in the cost of drying your grains means that it ceases to be economically viable to produce grains for people. That, that We're just going to put these farmers right out of business. It's also worth mentioning that the increased grain prices are a blow to all animal ag- agriculture because you have to feed your animals, right? So when, when the cost of these inputs goes up, the cost of meat is going to skyrocket as well. The long-term answer, according to one researcher, is, quote, everything has to be taken and we need to invest in renewables and energy saving. So of course, right, there's that appeal to fail forward even further into this energy crisis. It was the renewables that caused this in the first place that made Europe's grid so brittle. But never mind that. Let's just make the situation even worse. It's just like uh, California has put those emission standards on trucks, which means that most of the trucks that are unable to get into those ports, that's the problem. That's why those containers are backed up there. There's plenty of drivers, but California said we don't want trucks if they have emissions anymore. So it is the environmental, this climate crisis nonsense that is strangle, putting a stranglehold on the supply chain, on the food production, and we should relax those things to get back to normal. But no, no, it's creating the problem and then pointing at the problem and saying, this is why we need to choke us out even further. This is why we need even stricter climate crisis nonsense. And again, let's continue here. German chemical companies BASF and SKW have cut their output of ammonia, which is a key ingredient in fertilizer, leaving farmers in Germany's southern Bavaria region unexpectedly empty-handed when he tried to order fertilizer. And he's pretty clear about this. Quote, there's no product, no price, not even a contract. It's a situation I've never seen before. One thing is clear. If I don't give these crops the fertilizer they need, they're not going to yield as well. We're not going to get the food. It is as simple as that. And I want to remind you, this is happening against the backdrop of, these are not my words, these are mainstream headlines, tight world wheat supplies. 
are causing prices to continue to ratchet up. That's a global wheat shortage. We've seen soybeans go short and corn go short to exacerbate these existing shortages by cutting off the production of fertilizer. Also, it's worth mentioning that that, by some studies, by some statistics, it is because of nitrogen-based fertilizers that we're able to produce the amount of food we are and about half of the population of Earth exists by virtue of that. So if we just cut this out, it's not hard to figure out, to extrapolate. That actually means massive famine. And you know, we've had this conversation for years now about whether or not the powers that be would use a controlled collapse of the food system just to gain more control and then usher in more of their agenda, or if there would legitimately be a Holodomor 2.0 style mass famine. And unfortunately, given the shutdown of fertilizers, given the strain that's being placed on food production by the collapse of the supply chain, it looks like they are steering us quite firmly towards a legitimate food shortage globally situation. That's why they've got Greta out there talking about how her new focus is food production. That's why the Pope is saying hunger is going to be one of humanity's greatest challenges. And quote, we must use innovative solutions to transform the way we produce and consume food. Transform is that same word being used by the Eat Lancet Commission, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation in their Reset the Table, the UN and uh, the World Economic Forum. We're going to transform. It's the great food transformation. We've heard all these things. It wasn't just rhetoric. It's happening before our eyes right now as they shut down traditional farming and ranching, create crises that cause tremendous disturbances in the food production and the supply chain, and then blame global warming for it. It's all your fault. It's all the cow farts. And that's why we're going to have to move you over to the lab-grown meat and the bug burgers. As evidence, there's even more. This is just yesterday. There's a ton of media messaging, propaganda, really, around getting rid of the meat industry. And of course, they'll use the the term factory farming, but we already have seen that they're buying out pig rights from Dutch farmers, so you can never farm pigs again. It was interesting. Some person in the telegram, t.me slash ice age farmer, uh, mentioned that the idea to us now of selling pig rights, right, giving up for, for any amount of money, of giving up our ability to grow food for our families is so ludicrous. It is as foreign to us now as private ownership of land was to Native Americans when they expanded west across the frontier and said, hey, we'll give you money and we'll, we will own this land like from now on. Didn't even, it's just like, what are you, who owns land? It was so alien to them that it just didn't make sense. And that's exactly what's going on now as the Dutch government and other governments around the world pay out farmers to give up their rights of producing food. Like how, you can't sell that. That's an innate thing. No one can buy your ability to feed your family. And yet that's what they're doing. So here's some of those latest noise about ending animal agriculture. And again, this is not a conspiracy theory, crazy thing. The World Economic Forum is really big about pushing this post-animal economy. No longer any aspect of animals used for human needs. So here's from The Guardian to fight, which of course is paid off by Bill and Melinda Gates and the world. To fight the climate crisis, banks must stop financing factory farming. So we'll just cut them off, take away their capital, and shut them down. Never mind that there's no replacement, right? There's no new way to empower people by giving every person, every family a cow. You could use money in a different way to, to create a distributed food system with massive resilience. But no, it's it's bug burgers all the way down. Here's another one. Factory farming is the source of disease. We keep hearing this narrative that animals are dirty and dangerous and pandemic ridden. And that's why COVID came from the meat market. And there's going to be another one that's going to kill everyone. Well, here they're still pushing on that narrative. Factory farms of disease. Industrial chicken production is going to create the next pandemic. And not only that, it could be worse than COVID-19, right? They're really pushing some 
seeding the idea there, some predictive programming. And of course, we've seen tons of headlines about that. It's going to be an apocalypse. It's going to wipe out half of humanity. Just wanted to make it clear that uh, that they are still pushing these narratives, this war on meat, this ending of traditional farming and ranching, in order to enslave you. Don't buy it. Keep expanding your garden. Keep adding animals and caring for them and raising your own meat and uh, showing your neighbors how to do it. They will be following your example because, again, those shelves are running empty. And rather than lowering your expectations, we just need to take more responsibility for feeding our family. That's the solution here. Now, if you don't know, the term Holodomor means basically to kill by starvation. This is what Russia did, Soviet Union did, to the people in Ukraine. They purposely starved them. They blockaded their country and would not allow anything in or out for one year. It killed millions of people. Millions of of Ukrainians starved to death. I'll have a link to that, which you really need to look at. And if you don't know what the Holodomor is, you're going to need to... This is what they're going to be putting us through. They're going to try to put us through. If you lie to the government, they'll put you in prison. But when they lie to all of us, it's called being a politician. You think taking guns away will save our kids from the killings? But you're pro-choice. Abortion kills way more children. If America's so terrible and racist, it probably isn't safe to encourage immigration. Just saying, all the contradictions are embarrassing. You know who hates America the most? Americans. Trigger warnings used to be on TV for seizures. And now they're everywhere to protect millennials' feelings. He, she, his, him, hers, them, they. Screw up pronouns, because everyone's a retard these days. Here I'm preaching at the protest that hatred's the problem, but hating straight men, white folks, and Christians is common. Coca-Cola telling people they should be less white. They preach intolerance, but if you disagree, they fight. There's a race war here. Elections based on fear. Black lives only matter once every four years. Soldiers died for this country, and every one of us benefits. Give welfare to the bums and forget about the veterans. Black folks and white folks divided by the news, but we are all the same. We are red, white, and blue. Ashamed to be American? Okay, that's cool. Because honestly, we are all Ashamed of you too. Y'all are so fake. Oh no. The forecast said that there'd be snowflakes. Whoa. You can't make us see it your way. No way. Gasoline and propane. More flames. Oh no. No more snowflakes. Now we're under the category liberal psychosis. There, and this I found, it really wasn't astounding because people are stupid and they'll do this stuff, especially the millennials. I just, I have to read you the article because you're not going to believe it or understand it if I don't. Over 100,000 people have volunteered to have their eyes scanned in exchange for a cryptocurrency called WorldCoin, a new report revealed Thursday. According to the Financial Times, WorldCoin is part of an effort to distribute digital money more broadly around the world. The project has already given out about 30 devices called orbs, which are being used to scan people's eyes on four continents so far. It, it takes a picture of the user's eye. The orb creates a unique code that can be used to access free digital currency. This is one of those things where I can see two, I, I can see two intelligence agents talking to each other. We really need to get more, more uh, uh, physical data on people. Well, people are stupid. Let's give them this and watch what they do. And people are going, hey, I'll take one of these coins, which don't exist in real life. They're just digital and scan my eye. So now my personal information is somewhere out there in the cloud. And this this is, this is article is on AmericanMilitaryNews.com. And you go look at that, you're going to go, what? I don't understand. Portland, Oregon sees record murders, rapes, robberies, you name it. And, of course, because they're ruled by communists, the communists are sitting there going, we don't understand. We don't understand. There's something. We need gun control. That's got to be it. 
uh, Commie Governor Gavin Newsom. He's decided that uh, he's going to help uh, all the white children learn what it's like to be black children. And so he wants them to learn how to share crop. Serious. Right, right. Not only that, not only that, to graduate high school now in California, you have to have a uh, at least a year of ethnic studies. Ethnic studies. And, of course, ethnic studies means learn every, about everybody else except white people. You, you can't learn anything about white people. Walmart has this. We've discovered that Walmart is teaching critical race theory to its employees, and they have been since 2018. Those of you who work at Walmart, you go look at this this uh, uh, article and you'll understand what I'm talking about. I saw a little report by Laura Ingram about some of the crap that's being uh, pushed into our school system. You, you, you got to hear this. Now, every once in a while, an on-air exchange slips through the cracks on one of the other cable networks that's worth watching. Such was the case this morning on CNN, of all places, where they booked a point-counterpoint on critical race theory. Schools should absolutely be teaching reading, writing, arithmetic. They should not be radicalizing our kids. And unfortunately, schools are now radicalizing our kids. I mean, this is the volume of the book from uh, critical race theory that, as you people say, teach in law schools. But unfortunately, it is now trickling down into little books for children like Woke Baby, Gender Queer. In it, there is unfortunately a very graphic symbol of pedophilia and pornography. Azra Nomani, who's been a guest frequently on The Angle over the years, came armed with tabbed copies of the books used in the schools with specific page citations and a very calm, thorough, irrefutable presentation that left the host kind of grasping. Enter the defender of critical race theory in this discussion, a guy who was billed as simply a concerned parent, but who actually works the diversity, equity, and inclusion racket in Austin, Texas, telling companies and individuals to check their white privilege and re-examine their obsession with merit-based hiring. Turns out that's a lucrative business, but money can't buy you logic. Instead of refuting Ms. Nomani's evidence proving the poisonous effects of CRT curricula, he pulled a Terry McAuliffe, saying parents should generally stop butting in, leave education to the experts, presumably experts like him. Of too many people who know little or nothing about education trying to tell professionals who are in this industry, who've been working hard, we're coming in as weekend warriors trying to tell them about what education should look like. We need to put a little bit more trust in our educators because they've actually spent the time and energy necessary to really understand some of the nuances that are being kind of just blown over here in this conversation. Now, what does any of that mean, you may wonder? Well, it means it's not yours to question. These topics are simply too complex for the little people to understand. Yet, what's there to understand about reading assigned to our children that associates white people with the devil? It literally says here, whiteness is a bad deal. And it has a symbol of Satan. And this is the contract that they say whiteness brings. And children are getting this book. And I fit into the intersectional world. I'm a Muslim. I'm an immigrant. I'm a mom of color. I am a single mom. But yet I deny all of these you know, privileges in the new paradigm of the oppression matrix because we're all human beings. That Miss Namani is highly educated and a minority herself doesn't matter. For the DEI cabal, all that matters is marketing guilt and shame to schools, corporations, entertainers, 
and sports figures, and of course the churches are in on the act, each comes under enormous pressure to comply. They prove their DEI bona fides by linking to goofy DEI posters or by hiring people not on merit but according to the latest woke rules. And of course, by shunning anyone who refuses to mouth their platitudes or who questions their goals. DEI propaganda, like CCP propaganda, must never be questioned by the unenlightened masses. The language that I'm hearing used here doesn't really speak to the level of sophistication that I think is necessary to help our young people be prepared for the world of work, for the society that they're going to be living in. As someone who worked in universities, we had too many students who were coming to the university who had little or no experience of knowing how to navigate the conversations and relationships that were related to race. What gibberish! Don't you feel better about paying that fat college tuition now? What a coincidence. A resident comedian has something to say about that fat college tuition. Hey, parents, would you like to pay $50,000 a year to turn your kid into a degenerate socialist? Yeah! Then American universities are for you. Here are nine reasons why sending your kid to college is a great idea in 2021. Chinese Communist Party influences their education. Going to a university means your kid will be educated the way the Chinese Communist Party wants them to be. And I'd imagine they want to make their number one enemy... Us and your kid stronger. Anyone up for celebrating critical race theory, gender studies, and socialism? The Trump administration found $6.5 billion in illegal unreported gifts to American universities, including Harvard and Yale. And the main culprit behind these monetary influences was China. Obviously, the Chinese Communist Party cares about your child having a prosperous future rooted in the freedom of democracy while rejecting communism so much that they illegally control your child child's education. That's how much they care. It's nice that a communistic regime that's so ruthless that it robs all freedoms from its own people while continuing to commit genocide cares about your child's education so much that it wants to control it. And when you send your kid to college, you're not only allowing it, you're paying for it. You gotta go to college. Obsession on gender confusion. At American universities, we endorse great intellectual minds that create problems and confusion around gender instead of solving real problems that could help make the world a better place. You know your child is in good hands learning from us when we're smart enough that we can't even define what a woman is. You can't define what a woman is because it's a social construct. So just like anyone who wants to be one is one. But our Chinese Communist Party-sponsored education requires us to help the next generation by getting them stuck on things to prevent them from being stronger and smarter. It'll teach your daughters to allow violations. Fathers, thinking of sending your daughter to college? Well, now with our mandatory injections, your daughter is pressured into allowing something to penetrate her body, or else she won't be accepted into university. This is a powerful lesson that'll set her up well for her dating life, because now when some creep pressures her into being penetrated, or else he won't want to see her again, she'll do it, whether she wants to or not. We require her to let us do with her body what we want, which will help the guys she dates be much less frustrated than if she had boundaries that guarded her sovereignty. You're welcome, guys. Right Dad, we require our students to give up their sovereignty or else they're just not good candidates for our higher education indoctrination programs. Radical liberal slash socialist indoctrination. American
American universities have 13 times more liberal professors than conservatives. Just look at any radical liberal place to see the kind of future that our radical liberal thinking is empowering your kid to have. Seattle, Portland, and California will give you a nice preview of what their life will be. Homeless and degenerate. I smell the Chinese Communist Party's work here, and I wonder why socialists like Bernie Sanders want college to be free. Maybe it's so all young people will be indoctrinated deeper into their socialist political party, which is what we do at universities. But if you think that's weird, at least every time socialism has been implemented throughout history, it's ended horrifically for the population. But don't worry, our scholars are giving your child a valuable lesson. Doing the same thing over and over again while expecting a different result is a noble thing to do. Hey guys, we're trying to build a better future. Socialism will probably work this time. Hey guys, we're trying to build an addition onto this home. Setting the house on fire will probably work this time. Critical race theory. When you're sending your kid to a university, you're paying us to teach them about critical race theory. We'll tell them they're being empowered as we disempower them with racial division based in Marxism. You can imagine how much more successful they'll be knowing we spend their class time teaching them critical race theory instead of spending that time teaching them things that would help them become successful. If your child is white, don't worry. We'll teach them that they're inherently evil and we'll make them admit their acts of racism, even if they haven't committed any. And if your child is of color, we'll empower them with the idea that they'll never amount to anything because of their skin color. Then why are we even sending them to college? Because education. And if high school left any of those pesky Martin Luther King residues, like judge a person based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin, we'll clean those out of your kids' minds for you, just like getting your car washed with mud. Higher education, equality of outcome. In our collegiate culture of radical leftism, we'll teach your child to believe in equality of outcome rather than equal opportunity. And this will help your kid accomplish absolutely nothing in their life. Work hard? Absolutely not. Become an entitled victim who gets outraged at others who have achieved more because they've worked harder? Yes, please. Fear symbols. On our campuses, we'll encourage and even require your kid to wear a symbol of fear at all times. The constant reminder to fear human connection and to make decisions based in fear will have far-reaching effects into your kid's future. And don't forget, you're paying for it. No place for freedom-minded students at universities. Your child won't be socially accepted if they're freedom-minded. In fact, could we get them to hate America a little more, please? If your child comes from a family with good values, don't worry. We'll fix that. Accordingly, if your kid's on a trajectory to have a nice family and lovingly raise children one day, we'll help destroy their nuclear family before it's even formed. And for good measure, we'll get your kid to think they have a better social credit score if they get an abortion along the way. It's one thing to call it a right. It's another thing to call it a virtue. Learn from professors who have never done what they're teaching your kids to do. Want your kid to learn how to run a thriving business? Best to have them taught by well-educated professors who have never done it themselves. But don't worry, those professors will have their pronouns dialed in. Why learn cutting-edge skills from entrepreneurs who are currently doing it when you can learn outdated skills from people who have never done it? Wanting to succeed in business is really just an outdated model of success. With our collegiate level of indoctrination, we can get your kids to give up on those dumb ambitions of theirs and instead live up to their potential of wanting to rely on government handouts. At this point, it's clear. If you want your kid to have a bright future, then college is the only way. College isn't what it once was. It's more than what it once was. As time and communist propaganda goes on, it only gets better. What's better than having your kids learn critical race theory, communist propaganda, how to victimize themselves, them being 
being violated and then being dumbed down to the point of no longer believing in objective reality? You paying tens of thousands of dollars for all that to happen to your kid. By the time we're finished with your kids, I mean, by the time they finish college, not only will they be woke, you'll be broke. Now we're going into the category called Democrat perversion. This is the disgusting part. This is, it, it really is. And this is how they, they um, acclimate our children to this perversion the Democrats promote. In comic books, see, you know, they're Superman, right? Well, Superman has children, and one of them is Jonathan. So it's Jonathan uh, Kent is uh, going to be the new Superman in all the comic, Superman comic books, and he is a queer. Uh, he is, they've decided that uh, he needs to be homosexual. Isn't that, isn't that cool? And of course, CNN loves that. Uh, one of their fruitcakes on, on CNN came out and was bragging about how it's great. And, and uh, it, it, that, ought, that ought to take care of all of those, those MAGA hat wearing guys out there. This is disgusting, but this is the Democrat. This is what Democrats are. As a matter of fact, Dimwit uh, put this creature in a position as a U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health. It is a morbidly obese, disgusting-looking male who pretends he's a female. He's a transvestite. We have a transvestite as the Assistant Secretary for Health. And they've just, and his name's Richard Levine. I have seen pictures of him in all facets of his perversion. It's grossly disgusting. Uh, he has decided that now he's going to be a four-star admiral of the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps. Now, I warned you this was coming, and I talked about this. It's a 6,000-person force that responds to, and I quote, health crisis on behalf of the federal government, including administering coronavirus vaccines and delivering care after hurricanes. So this is going to be a new military-style corps of about 6,000 people. In other words, this is, uh, this is the abomination's brown shirts led by a transvestite. I can't wait. In fact, the State Department has decided to come out and celebrate International Pronouns Day. You know, I'll be glad. I'll be glad when it's okay. See, now it's okay to call all of these 144 sexual perverts queers. This, I mean, they, they're, they're using that word themselves. Queers. I'll be glad when... It gets back to the point where any male who was a pervert was a faggot, and every female that was a pervert was a dyke. I'm sure they're using those words now, but they're not politically correct yet. But our State Department is not only promoting International Pronouns Day, but they're going to teach you what pronouns are applicable and how to use them and when to use them. This is our government under Dimwit and the Communists. And if you think this is bad, there is a new National Sex Education Manual out. It's titled uh, National Sex Education Standards Core Content and Skills K-12. through And this is the second edition. Now, you people out there who have your kids in private schools or Catholic or Christian schools, don't think that you're special because this is everywhere. You're going to find this in every school out there. We're in the state of Idaho, and this, everybody's got this idea that Idaho is full of freedom-loving people, and, and uh, they don't have the kind of crap here they have in San Francisco. Yeah, except for the fact that people in Idaho have been blinded by their freedom for so long that they they can't believe that something like this would even come into this area. Whereas the governor we had two governors ago brought Common Core to Idaho. And that's standard all through every school in Idaho. 
and so is this national sex education standards. You're not going to believe this. I'm going to have to read you what they're expecting. They have these these uh, proposed goals for all different levels, and it's 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 kind of hard to read because it's sideways. But I'm going to give you some ideas uh, when they're the children in kindergarten need to understand that there are certain requirements for them uh, to uh, communicate to other children and to exist in a healthy manner. So if I can look at this sideways here, now this is by the end of the second grade, demonstrate how to communicate personal boundaries. And okay, explain what it is important to show respect for different kinds of families, nuclear, single, parent, blended, intergenerational, cohabitive, same gender. This is second grade. They've got to understand, and, and there's more to this. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to, I'll get a creak in my neck. But you know what? I'll have it there so you can download it and look at it yourself. What it is teaching your children is how to differentiate all the different pronouns, how to understand that people can become perverted when they're only five and six years old. And they need to know the difference between anal, oral, and vaginal sex. They need, we're talking children, right? We're not talking, we're not talking 18 year olds. We're talking seven to 10 year olds. This is what they're teaching in our schools. A student in um, Ohio became scared and angry after cisgender men installed radiator in dorms. Now, cisgender is the uh, invalidatory definition of somebody who's sane and who isn't a sexual pervert. I I read this word, cisgender, and I looked up a definition, and all it is is insulting. It doesn't have a real definition. But basically, this pervert in a school, uh, it's a Oberlin College in Ohio was really upset because they were this work crew of it looked like real men installing radiators in safe space dormitory for women and trans students. Now, do you know what a trans student is? This is what trans are. Trans are transvestites. This is a guy that thinks he's a girl or wants to pretend he's a girl so he can get it, get you know, and see girls go into the girls' room and bathroom and that kind of thing. So, when they use the word trans, it means it means a sexual pervert who is male who's pretending to be female. So here's this transvestite complaining because an actual man was doing some work in a college dorm, and and it was concerned because the school hadn't told it that these men were going to be doing this work and it was all triggered and upset this this is not joking this is under the category democrat perversion these people these creatures are so confused in life and then they go into military isn't that precious everybody says like that's great now 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 they're in the military i had a whole section on perversion in the military and i just said nope i'm not going to do it because then it's going to it might look too good to other sexual perverts who want to go into military so i no, i wouldn't do that all right now we're going to get into the category of government threat now this is going to be short and sweet you most of you know and understand the concept of brainwashing and you understand how the weak-minded amongst us can be uh, coerced into believing the most atrocious things NATO accidentally released a concept, uh, and it's, they're going with it and saying, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. We've been using it now for decades. It's called cognitive warfare. This takes the concept of brainwashing 
to a whole new level. NATO defines cognitive warfare as a new form of warfare, a battle for the brain of civilians. That's important. It's not just warfare against other militaries now. It is on entire civilian pop, uh, populations. Quote from greatgameindia.com, NATO is now spinning out an entirely new kind of combat. It has branded cognitive warfare, described as the weaponization of brain sciences. The new method involves, again, hacking the individual by exploiting the vulnerabilities of the human brain in order to implement more sophisticated social engineering. Again, social engineering, information warfare, psychological operations, these are the techniques of yesteryear. It's been decades since Edward Bernays rolled out the freedom sticks and changed the way people thought about these things. Now, this is an entirely new generation of techniques which incorporate nanotech, biotech, and all of this human hacking. The report from NATO explicitly states, quote, the objective of cognitive warfare is to harm societies, not just the military. Entire civilian populations are now in NATO's crosshairs. Again, the, uh, the report, this one, from NATO itself is a little bit understated, right? This is their public slides about their new techniques. They don't go into details about anything, but the panel discussion that they had two weeks ago is really quite something. It's really interesting just how candid these individuals are about the nature of their jobs, because to them, it's their daily job, right? They just go to work, they've been doing this for years now, and of course, we're working on cognitive warfare, and of course, it's a weapon on everyone's brain. And we'll hear specifically from Francois Duclouseau, a former French military officer who, back in 2013, kicked off the innovation hub for NATO and has been managing some of these cognitive warfare programs. In Duclouseau's own words, cognitive warfare is, quote, right now, one of the hottest topics for NATO. It has become a recurring term in the military terminology in recent years. It's being currently developed by my command here in Norfolk. Really want to emphasize this. It's not academics talking about in the future, technocrats will be able to shape humans' thought. No, this is deployed already. NATO has already been hacking people's brains throughout the world. And again, I'll talk more about how that's being done soon. Cognitive warfare starts in the information sphere, but it goes well beyond that. In fact, it involves hyperconnectivity. Now that everyone has a cell phone, it goes with information because information is the fuel of cognitive warfare, but it goes beyond any of these things. These are all standalone operations. Cognitive warfare overlaps also with big tech companies, with mass surveillance. It's all about leveraging the big data and go figure that's why all the push to big data over all these years because it was a military strategy from the beginning. The internet always was straight from DARPA. We produce data everywhere we go, every minute, every second. We're online. It's extremely easy to leverage this data in order to better know you and then use that knowledge of you to change the way you think. Again, it's not just the information that they're going to be feeding you bad stuff now. It's manipulating your brain at a biological level and with some of this social engineering. It's defined as the art, quote, of using technologies to alter the cognition of human targets. And he emphasizes that several times. It is changing the way people's brains work, how they reach their conclusions, how they reason, or how they don't think critically at all. The technologies now incorporate the fields of NBIC, nanotech, biotech, information technology, and cognitive science. Altogether, it makes a very dangerous kind of cocktail with which we can manipulate your brain. 
cream. Stick it all into a cauldron along with some rat tails and bat eyes and stir it up. And there you go. NATO now has their next generation cognitive warfare. You can see a depiction of it here on his PowerPoint. Information, data, cyber, nanotech, biotech, neural weapons, trust, which the World Economic Forum is all about right now. It's one of their big campaigns. Hybrid warfare, hyper connectivity. Telling you right there, cell phone is a weapon. So this is all within the domain of cognitive warfare. Duclouzo went on to explain that these exotic new methods of attack go well beyond information warfare, goes well beyond psychological operations. It's not just, again, he makes this point over and over, it's not a fight about what you're thinking. It's a fight against the way you're thinking. It's disabling your critical thought and then making an enemy of anyone who introduces questions to you, anyone that questions global warming, anyone that talks about elections, anyone that wants to know if mandates might not be the best way to handle... No, no, those are enemies. Those are extremist viewpoints. They're racist, bigoted, right-wing. It's just, they stick it all into a, a pot, and they call it the enemy. And this is the way of, of changing how people are not even able to, to talk about those conversations anymore. They get triggered. That's, that's, this is NATO's strategy. They have disabled people brains. And that's why some of the time when you go out and try and have a conversation, people just get triggered and attack you. They can't even handle it anymore. They are victims of cognitive warfare. Duclouzo continued, again, it's, it's critical to understand it's a war on cognition, on the way brains process information and turn it into knowledge rather than just giving people information. It fundamentally changes people's brains. Cognitive warfare, again, it's not just another word for information warfare. It's a war on our brain. NATO has declared war on everyone's brain. It's extremely important for the military because it has the potential by developing new weapons and new ways of harming your brain to engage neuroscience and technology and many new approaches. We can be super creative here and really weaponize all of this science. This is a very important piece of the puzzle here. And I wanted to start this series at a very high level by stepping back and making this statement that, yes, the state is at war with people's ability to think critically. I think that goes without saying. We can see it in the propaganda. We can see it in the way that they're lying to you in very obvious ways. Even the Soviet did that. All totalitarian governments have to tell lies and have to get their populations used to the idea that well, we're just swimming in a sea of lies and it's all relative now, who even knows? But this goes, as de Clouseau has told us many times in his own quotes, this goes well beyond that. The biotech, nanotech components of cognitive warfare may remain invisible to us in this conversation, but we can rest assured they are also being deployed. In a next video in this series, I will show you some specific examples of how cognitive warfare is being used to make enemies of anyone that even questions anthropogenic global warming, just as they are making the case that anyone who even questions whether mandates are the best way to handle personal medical decisions are extremists feeding in disinformation. This is how they are shaping the public's reaction to these critical questions is by saying, whoa, whoa, those are radioactive topics. I'm not allowed to even think about those things. And if you are, you're a racist, terrorist, domestic extremist, yada, 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 right? Those are verboten. We're not allowed to have those conversations beyond taboo criminal thought crimes. All of this is a result of the cognitive warfare strategies that, as they're now telling us, have been developed, operationalized, deployed for years now. A very hot topic within NATO. So I don't want to go any further in this first video because I think this stands on its own. This was a conversation about cognitive warfare, and in my next video, we'll build on that. 
I'll show you examples of how these techniques are being deployed now and how they are keeping people from reaching the truth, even as we are experiencing certainly the greatest awakening to the totalitarian craziness that's going on all around us in history. Obviously, that's a report done by the Ice Age farmer. He's been, uh, I located him. He's back uh, in the saddle again. He's not on YouTube as much as he used to be because they've threatened him. He's been threatened. And in the last report that he did, you heard all about it. This cognitive warfare, this is how they've convinced the weak-minded in the world that they needed to have a shot of vaccination. I've got a clip here that I'm going to play. I I did this uh, four years ago. We had a a, uh, problem in the chat room. We had an agent of the Church of Scientology that was screwing with us. And I... (sighs) You know, it's a long it's a long story, and you're going to hear it. But it basically, I had to play this this show. I had to do this show that uh, that I could convince them that I actually knew what the hell I was talking about. And uh, then they realized, well, I, we're going to have to stop screwing with this guy before he goes national. Well, it's too late because I'm going to. So just bear with it. Listen to the show and you'll understand why I'm doing it. All right. This section of the show is going to deal with a personal thing that I uh, didn't think I'd ever have to deal with. Many of you listen to me on, on the uh, on my website, armchairsurvivalist.com. You go into chat room and you can you can listen and you can also you can also read chats that people are posting and talking about. Okay, so that's one part of it. Now the other thing is that I used to be on other networks. These networks are now defunct, but there would be trolls, if you want to use the term. These are people that would come on into the chat rooms of various networks and, and other uh, hosts and mess with them. And, and uh, oh, to say things like, oh, do you hear what Kurt's been saying about you? Or they, t- they tell me, Kurt, did you hear what John's been saying about you or what Jim's been saying about you? Or all They were passing off third-party information with the intent to antagonize and instigate problems and upset. Well, we've had certain trolls come into the chat room many times. They would say rude things, insulting things. I mean, they talk like a, like a typical, typical uh, millennial <laughs> snowflake Democrat, but uh, they would be, they're racist, they're hateful, they're pornographic, they're, they're everything in the world, and their intent is to disrupt the uh, chat room or upset me enough to where I can't continue talking. Well, finally, they gave away enough information that I was able to dis- discover uh, who they work for. A lot of you know that, that uh, I belonged to the Church of Scientology some years back, and I left that in 2012. Now, what I'm going to talk about, this is not a push for Scientology. This is not a, a PR thing. And what this is is to let those that are listening know that I actually know what I'm talking about. Uh, I've been associated with the Church of Scientology since about 1971 or 72. Just to give some history on this, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Lafayette Ronald Hubbard, he's the guy that founded Dianetics and Scientology. He was born March 13, 1911, died January 24, 1986. He was an extremely prolific science fiction writer. We're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books and millions of words. Uh, he, 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 that's how he made his living. He did this from like 1930 to 1948, during the heyday of the golden time of science fiction. 
and, he, and there's a long history on him, and I'm not really going to be talking about his history, the, the uh, arguments for and against, or any of this stuff. This is all from my viewpoint. He was kind of like me. It was a lot better than me in, in many ways, that he traveled a lot more, was able to uh, experience a lot more of the world when he was young, and he started to develop certain uh, specific formulas in his mind about how the human mind worked. And in 1948, basically, he wrote an article called The Original Thesis, Dianetics. And it was in one of his science fiction magazines that uh, he, he would write for at times. And it was just him, basically, talking about his study and what he's coming up with. How does the human mind work? How can mankind or... Joe Schmuck right next door. How can anybody improve their lot? And he come up with this concept called Dianetics. It's it's Latin for uh, through the mind. And it was simply originally as just a short story. And the, and he figured that would be the end of it. But all of a sudden he started getting people contacting him, wanting more and more and more and more. And his publisher got a hold of him and said, Ron, you, you've got to do something. This, this is really hot and heavy. I've never had so many thousands and thousands of letters from people that were interested in this subject. So why don't you write a book on it? And he said, well, okay. So he did. In 1950, he came out with Dianetics, Modern Science and Mental Health. If it was a paperback, the thing's about two inches thick. It's not a light read, I can tell you right now. Well, it was it, it immediately went on the bestseller list, and it's been on the bestseller list, New York Times bestseller list for like it stayed that way for about fifteen years. Dianetics is a type, and I'll just put this in my own words, without reading any of the PR. Dianetics is a type of psychotherapy that's not really a psychotherapy. You understand what psychotherapy is, is where one person is talking to another and trying to guide him to understand uh, why he screwed up and how to unscrew him. What Dianetics believes is that basically you have two parts to your mind. You have the analytical part. That's where you look at the screen and go, oh, 2 plus 2 equals 4. And then you have a reactive part. And uh, the psychiatrist will call this the unconscious mind. If, if you can imagine that your mind is always recording like a, like a camera, whether you're aware or not. So if you're aware and you're well-fed, and you're rested, and, and nothing's attacking you or, or anything like that, you, your analytical mind is functioning quite fine. But if you get into an accident, say, well, it's, your mind is still recording, it goes directly into that unconscious or reactive mind. And let me give you an idea how this works. Let's say you're three years old, and you're just walking down the street with your dad, and it's dog comes out of nowhere, knocks you down, and nips at you a little bit, then runs off. Now, you hit your head on the concrete of the sidewalk, so you're, you're not quite unconscious, just almost unconscious. So you have this, in the, it goes directly into the reactive mind, and it has all of the parts of this. It has every perceptic you can imagine. Most people think of perceptics of touch, hearing, smell, taste, and sight. There's 57 of them. There's time, there's taste, there's color, there's depth, relative sizes, sound, and then there's sound, pitch, tone, volume, rhythm, heat, cold, oiliness, organic sensation, gravity, temperature, external and internal, the level of consciousness, and I can go on. All of these perceptics are locked into the reactive part of your mind. 
So you have basically the sound of the dog barking. You have the feel of the dog's teeth on you, on your arm or wherever it, it nipped you. You have the mo- the movement of your body falling. Then you have the sensation of your head hitting the concrete. You have the feeling of the wind. You have the sound of your dad yelling. You have all of, all of these things are locked in there, and it becomes an incident. So there's this incident, all right? Now, you're 15 years later, and you're 19 years old or so, and you're, you're out on a date with your girlfriend. She, you go over to pick her up, and she has a poodle. And as soon as that dog enters the room, uh, you start to get a little anxious. And she notices that, and she says, what's wrong? She goes, and you just, well, I, I, I just don't like dogs. I, don't, I hate dogs. I don't, I don't like dogs. Well, this is a lover. No, get it away from me. So this incident has been keyed back in. And all it took was the vision of the dog and maybe the, the, the sound the dog might have yipped a little bit and the toenails on the linoleum. So different parts of the, uh, of the incident kick back in and now you react to it. Unconsciously, but you're reacting to it. This can get bigger and bigger and bigger. Humans have thousands of these. And they mo- might not just be pain. They might just. They might also be loss, like when you someone that you love dies, or when someone steals your car, or something that affects you heavily emotionally. The hypothesis is in Dianetics is that these incidents get locked up in a reactive mind, and they affect you further in life, and they limit you. Not just that, they cause specific problems. They can affect your heart rate. That's easy to figure out. You know, if you go into fear, your heart's going to start beating more. Your blood pressure's going to go up. And if you're sitting there calmly and your blood pressure is like, oh, I don't know, 120 over 65, and a dog walks in the room and now your blood pressure is about 160 over 90, you didn't do anything. It was totally controlled by your mind. These incidents can also affect the body. And I can tell you, and I'll tell you in, in a little while some examples. And in Dianetics, you, you follow specific procedures. You can eradicate these incidents in that part of the mind. And as you do, the person becomes more aware. The person becomes uh, more analytical, less reactive, is more in present time than stuck somewhere back in, the, in his past. Dianetics addresses psychoses. Phobias, psychosomatic illnesses, that's a big thing. The psychosomatic illness. And a psychosomatic illness doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> it's real because you created it. So it reduces e, uh, emotional trauma, it raises IQ, and it raises it, the, your reaction rate. It helps stabilize uh, your heart rate, blood pressure, digestion, a bunch of other stuff. All right, so this is what Dianetics is. Now, Dianetics, by the way, addresses the body it works it, it's it's to handle the body is is his premise in the beginning but the more that he did in his counseling and in his uh learning about this Elron Hubbard I'm talking about is that he found out that there's more to it than just the body there is the spiritual being as well you can't address the body without handling the uh, the spirit or in scientology it's called a thetan 
It's some Latin word, you know. But anyway, it's basically it means the, the spirit or the soul. The, the idea in Scientology is that you, you don't have a soul like, you know, you don't have a little pet doggy called a soul. You are a soul. You are the spirit. You're inhabiting the body. With that in mind, Ron decided that this, is, this should be a religion because it deals with the spirit. There's a lot of people out there that say, oh, no, he, he, did, he created the Church of Scientology for tax purposes. I, I don't care. Whatever, whatever he did, whatever he did it, he did it. It, it doesn't matter because I know what this stuff does, and, and I've had it used on me. And, and uh, So Scientology came about in, about, in, I think, 1954. Scientology technology is a, is a lot stricter and much more, much more specific than Dianetic auditing. Auditing. Auditing is basically a, a Scientology word for counseling. So an auditor is a counselor. So Dianetics, I can take somebody who's, who's been damaged or who's harmed or who's upset or who's traumatized, and right there and then I can uh, audit them. I can talk to them. I can help them find sources of, of problem and, and help them uh, eradicate them. Scientology is a different matter. It's it's much more strict, and it's done in in uh, specific offices. Now the concept, the original concept of Dianetics, was to er- basically erase all of those bad thoughts, bad the traumas and 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 the like that occur and go into your reactive mind. The idea is to erase all of those. Well, not erase, but more like shed the light on them so they no longer are hidden and you're no longer the effect of them. Now you, you, you can see the incident when the dog attacked you, but it no longer has any uh, validity to you. It's just, you know, looking. You just, look, 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 the dog attacked me. Yeah, okay, fine. And that person, when, they're, when their reactive mind is cleaned out, it's called a clear. That means they no longer have their own reactive mind to influence them uh, in a negative manner. I personally think that that is the best thing for the planet. Because you see so many people walking around who react instantly to something. And there's, it's not logical in any way, shape, or form. You see people who have psychosis. Psychosis is a break in reality. You know, it's like I take a knife, I stick it in my hand, I know it's going to cause pain. Well, these people, there's some people who think, I take a knife, I cut my hand, I'm proud of myself. Well, that's insane. <laughs> So, it it handles that. It handles the unreasonable phobias. How many of you know people who are afraid of spiders? Ask them. You ever been attacked by a spider? No. They're just icky. Okay. So, that's a phobia. Now, personally, I learned the difference (laughs) of different spiders. I'll pick some up. I'll mush some. And some I turn around and run away from. It's totally different. But But that's analytical. So what the Dianetics was designed to do was to take these incidents that you have in your reactive mind and actually move them up into your analytical mind and make them memories so that uh, they no longer hold any uh, force over you. And I'll give you an example of one. Uh, I'm a Dianetic uh, auditor, counselor. I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of hours uh, addressing different parts of different people's minds the 
Remember the Brown Derby restaurant in Los, in Hollywood? Um, he was one of my clients. There was a famous baseball player, pitcher, who was struck down with multiple sclerosis. He was one of my clients. And I had an old woman. Now, I did about a 1,000 hours of internship. And I had an old woman come into, my, into the clinic one time. She was 80-something years old. Now, this is in the, in the 80s. And she had walked stooped over for her whole life. And she was always sad. Always, her whole life was sad. She'd married, had a dozen children, and they all said she's just always sad. There's, we don't know what's wrong with her. So I was talking to her, and, and uh, she found something in her reactive mind in 1905. During the Bolshevik Revolution, she was just a little kid. Uh, she heard horses outside. Her mother, her her sister, and her heard horses running up to the house, and her mother had her and her sister hide under the bed. And while she was hiding under the bed, she saw three men come in, rape and murder her mother. That so traumatized her that for the rest of her life, she walked stooped over. Now, I don't speak Russian. But in the middle of this of this uh, this session, um, she's talking to me in, in Russian, and I'm just you know following the procedures. Let's let's handle this and and handling it. And by the time I was done, she was sitting up straighter in the chair than she'd ever had in her whole life, and she was obviously no longer extremely upset like she had been. So this is the kind of thing that it handles. Uh, this is what Dianetics does, and that's why I became so enthralled with it years ago. Now, again, Dianetics kind of merged over into Scientology. Dianetics is like a, um, how do I put this? It's like the Red Flyer wagon. It rolls, it can carry things, it's it's a good workhorse, but when you got into Scientology, which Scientology, the technology in Scientology is more like a 727. Super fast, super powerful, and, and really handles big chunks of people's problems. You have Dianetics, you have Scientology, been around since 1950. Hundreds of thousands of people on Earth are happier, healthier because of it. All right? Now, it, it offers different classes, different courses. Life is not as simple as, as uh, oh, here's a book, read this book, and now you're an expert on life. There's, there's many different facets to your life. One of them is being able to communicate. Everybody can open their mouth and make grunting sounds. But you have to be able to communicate. And there's a technology to that. And there's a course you do. And you do this course and you, and you have both. You have theory and you have practical. And in all good schools, you have those two divisions. One is theory. You learn the theory of it. And then you do it. So you have practical. And then there's another course, how to study. That was a mind blower for me. And there's other courses, how to get along with others. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I'm not going to go through them all. So you have all of these different courses that you could take. Uh, You'd go to a a main church. Like in Los Angeles, you have the the main churches down there. Uh, Where is it? Uh, Vermont and Sunset, I think it is. You would go down there. You would pay for the course. You'd go on the course whatever time that you were going to be there, and you'd do it. Here's the thing. The Church of Scientology is like a naval ship. It's built to perform certain astounding tasks. Now, I was in the Navy, right? So this is, this is why I'm using this. But the limitation is its crew. 
So if you got a druggies, a bunch of druggies and a bunch of morons and smart alex and trouble causers, that ship's going to get a bad name. And that's the problem that I found in Scientology. You would have it, it's the technology is is flawless. The technology works a hundred out of a hundred times. Unfortunately, they got a bunch of fools running it. Not just fools, but very, very dangerous people as well. They have the same typical emotions that other humans have. Greed, laziness, self-importance, bigotry, phobias, what have you. Just because you're in Scientology doesn't mean you're the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the early 80s, I started to notice that the church itself wasn't functioning in accordance with the the regulations that Hubbard had created. He created a specific and complete science of organizational rules. So any organization, it doesn't matter if it's a church, it could be it could be a, a recording studio, it could be a construction company. There are specific rules to organization, and if the if the business followed these rules, they would succeed the most majority of the time. Well, the church wasn't following these rules. There was more and more things that were being changed. And then one day, I got a, uh, and this is in 86, I got a notice, uh, an email that said, uh, your presence is requested at the uh, convention center in Los Angeles. There is a, a major announcement. So thousands and thousands and thousands of Scientologists showed up one night there. I'm looking at the stage. Now, you, I'm too far away. You can't see the stage. So they have these TVs all over the place. So I'm looking, and, and this little this little guy walks up on the, to the podium and gets up on a step, and he's standing there, and he's and everybody's applauding. I don't know who the hell the guy is. And I looked at the girl next to me. I said, who, who is this dwarf megalomaniac down there? And it turned out his name was David Miscavige. And he come up with this cockamamie story about how Erwan Hubbard needed to do further research, so he left his body on Earth and took off to the stars. And I'm like, in other words, Ron Hubbard died, and this this used car salesman took over the Church of Scientology, and he proceeded to turn it into a money-grubbing, totally controlling organization. It was not in any way, shape, or form what Ron had envisioned, and it got it went straight downhill from there. He perverted Hubbard's teaching so bad that now it's impossible for a normal person to ever reach the higher levels in the Church of Scientology. Scientology had different levels. As you uh, gain knowledge uh, and awareness of what's of the universe and yourself, and you know you go up up the ladder, so to speak. You're not going to do that now. It's going to cost you too much money. We're talking in a quarter million dollars type stuff. This is utterly ridiculous. Hubbard also said that he uh, he said you put all your attention on people, not on property. So what is this guy doing? He's building Church of Scientologies all over the world. There's more staff members in these churches than there are public going in there. I can tell you right now. The very first thing that this guy did was kick out of the church everybody who had ever worked or been trained by L. Ron Hubbard. Just get them out, because you know if if you don't want to ever want to leave any enemies behind, right? When you're taking over an area. In 1993, he signed a, uh, and this is David Miscavige and a few other uh, heads in the church, signed an agreement with the IRS. Now, you trolls that are listening to me, 
almost no Scientologist out there will know these things. But I do because I'm an investigative journalist. He signed in 1993 a direct and parasitic alliance with the IRS. Every dime... Now, by the way, if you're going to buy a course or, or some counseling or something in Scientology, it's called a donation. So every donation any of the parishioners have ever made, the data goes directly to the IRS. Not just your name and how much you spent, but what you did you use a credit card, what's your bank account number, what's your social security number, blah, blah, blah. It goes directly to the Internal Revenue Service. I'm noticing some members of the Nation of Islam down at the main church. This is years ago. And it turns out that uh, Louis Farrakhan had been getting Dianetic auditing, and so he brought uh, a bunch of his people there. Louis Farrakhan is, is the most evil, racist person on earth right at this point. But David Miscavige wanted him there. He has uh, He's supposed to be keeper of the tech, but he's altered it so bad, it's, it's ridiculous. And people started leaving the church. People aren't stupid. They realize this guy is scamming us. So they start leaving the church and leaving the church. So he has to figure out ways to make money. So what he does is he comes up with these weird ideas. First, and this was in 96, he comes up with something called Golden Age of Tech 1. And he claims that that uh, they have discovered a bunch of errors in Ron's writings. So they corrected everything, and everybody has to do all their courses over again and buy all the books over again, because now it's all corrected. What? No, no, people fell for it. And you ask me, how can people stay with the Church of Scientology? How can the Nazis stay with Hitler? Because they get so enthralled with it that they can't envision anything other than it. Like the technology, there is, no, there is nothing on earth that has the same technology and workability as Scientology. I'm not talking about the church. You understand the difference. The church is an organization. Scientology is technology. Well, that golden age of Tech One in 96 didn't get enough money. So in 2012, he did the same thing. Called it golden age of Tech Two. And that he discovered more policies that were hidden and blah, 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 and all of this stuff. So basically, we call it recycling. So what, what he's doing and what the Church of Scientology is doing is trying to recycle all the old Scientologists so they can keep, keep uh, uh, making more and more money. Now, where do I get all this information? Let me tell you my history on it. In 1971... That's when I discovered the Church of Scientology, and I went and did the communication course. I lived at home at the time, and my mother, she saw a whole change in me, and it impressed the hell out of her. So uh, it, it turned out it was a good thing, right? So I did this communication course. It took me like three months to do it, and fifty cost me 50 bucks at the time. I had heard a bunch of weird stuff about the church. I mean, all kinds of things, like... Uh, they have orgies in rooms. Uh, they steal your children. They you got to be careful, or you'll get your car stolen, or or they'll rape you in your sleep. Or I mean, all of this weird stuff. So I figured, you know what? I want to find out. Now, I lived in Sacramento at the time, so I traveled to Los Angeles and I joined staff at Celebrity Center. This is the uh, this is the this is the part of the church where all the Celebrities, the actors, actresses, singers, musicians, you know, all of the 
all of the celebrities go. I actually worked in the church. I wanted to find out what was going on. And no, there's no orgies. There's nothing like that. There's This is just nothing more than uh, I get up, get up in the morning, I go to work, and I go home. And I lived in staff housing. I made, um, I made maybe $5 a week, but they gave me food and lodging. And I was there to help people. I, I met a lot of very well-known people. Every morning, I got a hug by Anne Francis. You know who Anne Francis is or was? She played uh, Honey West. Uh, picture having a beautiful young blonde give you a hug for luck every morning. And then uh, I, another good friend of mine was Richard Kyles. Now, he's not somebody you'd want to have hug you. He's a guy that played Jaws in, in the James Bond movies. Uh, he was seven foot two, and he was a good friend of mine. I, I knew him for years. I, I, I was even there when Rock Hudson came in. That was a mind blower. He came in to get some dynetic, uh, some auditing, some dynetic uh, uh, counseling, and he was in there maybe fifteen minutes, and he took off. Literally, took off running. It's because the auditor found out that he was a homosexual, and his he didn't want that to go out into the public yet. So I, I uh, after a year, it, it didn't didn't suit me right. So I left staff. I learned a lot. I really learned a lot. I learned I learned the truth behind it, the the functioning behind it, the organizational procedures behind it. And I, for the next few years, I did uh, training and counseling in various different places until it ended up about 1980 uh, or so when we ended up in, in Los Angeles again and I started training on Dianetics. Uh, I've done over 4,000 hours on that. But about 2012, things really were getting squirrely. Uh, I'm, I'm not an, I don't understand it. I, I don't care about it. Uh, I knew that what was going on was in direct violation of the both the policies that that uh, L. Ron Hubbard had written and his wishes, uh, they were in direct violation to that. Prices for the simplest things in the church were, were skyrocketing. And it got to the point where you can forget it if you're just a normal guy making even making $20 an hour. You're not going to be able to afford any of the things that the church claims it's offering and, and can help you with and the whole nine yards. You know what I did was I started looking for some of the original people that had trained under Ron. We're talking in the 60s and 70s. And I started finding them. And they were all over the world. And they were still operating. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, these people were kicked out of the church. How could they still be doing Scientology? And that's when I discovered the Church of Scientology is not Scientology anymore. Real Scientology and Dianetics is being offered everywhere else in the world but the churches. So you know I'm up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I discovered that one of the women that had trained under L. Ron Hubbard in the 70s and was one of the best counselors on earth happened to live up here. So my wife and I moved up here. Now the church offers to train and, and audit or counsel you up to a certain level. Well, I've far surpassed that level by now. Obviously, I'm, I am clear, but I've far surpassed anything that, that the Church of Scientology can offer. And because I have my pulpit here, 
And because I talk to people, they've at times tried to browbeat me and threaten me. Uh, they've even sent people up here. Obviously, these people didn't know me. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come up here. And it's and they, the idea was to uh, to intimidate me to such a degree that I would stop everything else I was doing and go back to Los Angeles and go back to work for the church. But once they saw that I was six foot two, two hundred and fifty pounds, and didn't take crap, they changed their mind and they left. And once the internet really kicked in, my my radio show started doing better. They started sending these people into the chat room. And not just my chat room, but chat rooms of other hosts, radio hosts. Not everybody is is as aware of what's happening as I am. See, how a troll works is this. Say you're a troll, right? Say you make $15 an hour screwing with people on a chat room. So you go to work. They hand you a file. File says, Kurt Wilson, the armchair survivalist. You don't know who the hell I am. You don't even care. So you open the file, and here's, here's notes from previous trolls saying what they've said, how they've said it, and it's a, it's a, it's a file, right? And it's, so it's also a, a text file that's, that maybe it's in WordPerfect or something like that, so you can cut and paste some of these things. So troll one gets uh, demoted and goes somewhere else, so they bring troll two in, who goes through the file and starts screwing with people and starts doing things and saying things. Eventually, the troll slips up because they get so complacent doing what they're doing. They, uh, they really don't care. They don't pay attention. Well, I'm just an idiot anyway, so I'm, I'm not paying attention. And his job is just to screw with me and to, to uh, create divisiveness in the chat room or antagonize people or you know what have you. Well, this last one screwed up. And now I know that he works for the Church of Scientology. And I use the term he loosely. So that's why I decided to come out with this. And I want everyone to know that, no, I'm not a member of the Church of Scientology because it's so perverted now. It is nothing in any way, shape, or form like envisioned or created by L. Ron Hubbard. No, you can't intimidate me because I don't give a damn. Scientology is no longer at the church. Scientology is everywhere else on earth. Do you know there was a main organization of Scientology in Israel and the whole organization left the church at the same time. So if you're in Israel and you want Scientology, boom, it's right there. All right, so I, like I said, I didn't really want to talk about this, but I, I, I had to because I'm done with the uh, BS from the, from the church and I'm not going to allow it anymore. If you want to do some research on yourself, by yourself, on Scientology, look up the word free zone. So I'm giving you this data. It's not as a PR stunt in any way, shape, or form. I do not want you going to the church. Uh, I mean, if you want, that's up to you. You Do whatever you want. You want to go to a church to find out about this? Don't give them your real name. Don't give them your real address. You will never get off of their mailing list, ever, the rest of your life. Years after my mother died, she was still on their mailing list, and they would not take it off. And my brother called them on on the phone and said, Wilma Wilson died. Can you prove it? Send us a copy of her death certificate. You go to hell. You're not going to get it. Anyway, that's all there is on me and the Church of Scientology. If anybody has any questions, uh, you've got my email address, kw at 
armchairsurvivalist.com. I'll be more than happy to answer questions. Uh, if you're in a specific area or location and you want to know more about it, uh, just give me, give me a holler. Let me know. I'll be happy to help you. But again, stay away from the Church of Scientology. So, sorry to have to interrupt my present programming with this, this little blurb here, but they're very, very adamant about uh, attempting to control the people who have left the church. And they do anything they uh, can to silence them. Well, that don't work on me, and it doesn't work on Todd either. Todd has told many people to, to do certain things that are generally physically Im- impossible. Uh, when they call up and say, we need to get him off the air because he's nasty and, and he's, he's evil and, and, and uh, he, he doesn't like uh, many people and he's homophobic and hates women and, and steps on small children. Well, Todd just straightens them right out. But I, I uh, we have... Sometimes we have some problems in the chat room. They've tried before. Actually, when I was a live show, they would actually call in and try and uh, interrupt us and and confuse people and piss people off. And that's the whole intent of trolls is to create a an effect. Their job is to create an effect, and it's always an evil or bad effect. It's never a good effect. If it was uh, humorous, I, I'd be fine. Everything that I've talked about is important for you to remember. Just like everything I've ever talked about for the past 20 plus years. It's important for you to remember. You're not going to, but you will at one day, you'll go, when something happens, you'll go, oh crap, Kurt talked about that in 19, 1997. I remember that. <clears throat> or he warned us about it in 2011. You know, those those kind of things. That's, that's how it works, unfortunately. I wish we all had a pornographic memory. Isn't that what it's supposed to be, pornographic? Or is that photographic? Photographic memory. Well, this is the Armchair Survivalist. Thanks for listening to my show. And remember, the CBD is still on sale. We have Mountain House Foods. If you come into the store in Hayden, Idaho, I got all kinds of oddball stuff. I even got a full system set up for the elevated radar deflecting camouflage system that the Army made. I don't know why I have it, but I have it, and it's for sale. So you can call us, 310-295-9686, 310-295-9686. Go to survivalenterprises.com, se1.us, Samuel Edwards, the numeral 1.us, or just come in the store. We're on Government Way in Hayden, Idaho. Well, keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. Anyway, keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. And for God's sakes, pay attention. I'll see you next time.